Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. My name is Nate. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and I just want to welcome you to New Life Church. If this is your first time being at New Life, we are so glad that you're here, and we want to welcome you all of you at our Ogallala campus as well as our North Platte campus, and if you're worshiping at home, Merry Christmas. Welcome to church. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, right? You can finally say it now that it's December. If you said that before December, people will look at you weird. Other people are like, Merry Christmas. They're cool with it. But hey, I have to say huge welcome to my grandma who's out at the North Platte campus and my mom. But if I would have started with my mom, everybody would have thought I was a mama's boy. So I just want to welcome my grandma out to the North Platte campus. So thanks for worshiping. Good to see you. I'm glad you can see me. I can't see you today. But hey, we are kicking off a brand new teaching series called Hollywood Christmas. That's what it is. How many people love Christmas movies? All right, come on, people. I need to hear you. Man, we're kicking off, uh, and so we're, over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at some Christmas movies, and we're going to wove it together with God's Word and uh, intermingle it and help us and remind us of for the, the meaning of the season. Amen? So that's where we're going for the next two weeks and today. So we're going to kick off, but before we kick off the, the, my favorite Christmas movie, I want to hear what your favorite Christmas genre movies are. So in a moment, I'm going to have four different genres come up. Whatever, which one ever is your favorite, you just yell it out at all of your campuses or wave your hands or wave them like you just don't care. Whatever you want to do. Okay, ready? Here we go. First genre of Christmas movie is classic Christmas. How many people love the classic Christmas movies? Let me hear you. Okay, very cool. A number of people. What about the comedy Christmas? Is that you? Is that you? Maybe you like that one more. I love that. Home Alone, Elf, I love those. Okay, what about uh, the Christmas animation? The Star, Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman? Okay, maybe not so much with adults, but your kids probably, definitely. And then this is for all the hopeless romantics. Here we go. The romantic Christmas comedies. Or not comedies, but Christmas movies. Here we go. The Hallmark Channel. How many people love the Hallmark Channel? I, I heard a couple dudes like, Boo. But if you were a single dude today, this was your moment to go, yeah, because I believe at all of our campus, there's a single lady going, where are you at? Where are you at? The Lord wants to place a matchmaker today out in our lobbies. So, you know, that was your moment, single dude, and you totally missed it. So you may never get a chance again. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So there's a ton of Christmas movies out there that are funny and more serious, older ones, newer ones. And so uh, we're kicking off today with my favorite Christmas movie, Christmas with the Cranks. Anybody? Yeah. There's a few of you. Others are like, what is he even talking about? Is that even a Christmas movie? But I love this movie because it makes me laugh. I love Tim Allen. This movie makes me laugh, but I also am a little embarrassed to share this with you. But I can connect with Luther Crank in the movie. I connect with the character of Luther Crank, and so that's a little bit of the reason why I enjoy this movie. And so maybe you haven't seen the movie, but you've read the book by John Grisham called Skipping Christmas. If you've read the book, then you kind of get the gist of the movie. It's all about skipping Christmas. You got Luther Crank and Nora Crank, and something's different this year at Christmas because their daughter has chosen to join the Peace Corps, and she's going off to Peru for Christmas. So things are going to be different. And Luther has this grandioso idea of like, hey, we're going to skip Christmas and do something different. So let's watch this first scene. Oh man, skip Christmas, right? There's nothing wrong with going on a cruise for Christmas. Some of you, you probably had uh, a cruise planned for 2020 and it was canceled because of the curse word COVID. You know what I'm saying? And some of you can't wait until they start, you know, opening up the ports, they start sailing ships again because you're going to go, man, we're going to jump back in and we're going to reschedule our cruise. And for some of you, maybe in 2021 during the Christmas season, you're going to go spend 
time on a cruise for Christmas. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But skipping Christmas, I love Nora's response. Skip Christmas? Are you kidding me? How many of you would skip Christmas? Some of you probably would, but many wouldn't. But that was Luther Crank's response to the change that was going on in his life that Christmas. He was like, man, you know what? We're just going we're gonna to skip it. We're going to go do something about what we want to do. And I think what's going on there with the change that they're feeling, I bet a bunch of us would say today, man, there's some changes that are going on in our lives this Christmas. By a show of hands at all of our campuses in here today, how many of you would say, Nate, Christmas is going to look a little bit different this year? Yeah, hands all across the place. Christmas is going to look different. For some of us, it's going to be on a, a different weekend. For others, it's going to be, you know, in a different location. Some of you, you're going to be celebrating Christmas just like the cranks, the empty nesters. The kids aren't going to come home, and you're going to be looking at your spouse going, do I even like this person? What is, who are you? We've only known each other with other kids, and I forgot about who you really are. Oh, my goodness. Others of you, the change is going to be a lot more drastic. For some of you, the change, this is going to be the first Christmas that you experience separated because of divorce. The kids will be with them and not you for a portion of the holiday season. For others, this is the first Christmas that people will celebrate as a widow. There'll be an empty seat at the table. And let me just tell you this, the first of anything that has to deal with a not-so-good-of-change is very difficult. And so some of you may be feeling like, man, I got all these emotions and all these feelings. For others, it's going to be their first Christmas without a family member. So Christmas is going to sound different. The laughter of that person isn't going to be there. The joy in the house may not necessarily be there. Christmas may taste different because grandma's not there to, to make that wonderful pie or that meal that she normally would make. For others of you, you're new to the community, whether in Ogallala or North Platte or here in Kearney, you're new to the community, and so Christmas is going to look completely different for you. You're in a new surrounding, a new environment. For some of you, you're like, man, our family's not around, so the traditions that we once used to celebrate are going to look different. For some of you, you're going, I don't even know what the tradition of our family is going to be because we're in a new community. It looks completely different this Christmas. And for all of us, maybe, it might be this, Christmas is distant where normally family members might come, they're not going to come this year because of sickness and because of health. See, everyone deals with change. Everyone deals with change. And what happens is this Christmas seems to magnify the change. Maybe some of you are going to feel this this Christmas. You're going to be like, why am I crying? I thought I dealt with those emotions and those feelings. Some of you are going to feel sad again. And you're going to go wonder why. And some of you are going to be frustrated. And some of you might be angry. And some of you are going to go, man, I just want to skip Christmas. I don't want to deal with any of this. Because there's change going on this Christmas. The Luthers, or the Luther and Nora, the, the cranks, this is what happened for them. There was change going on in their family. And they decided, you know what, we're just going to blow off all of our neighbors. We're going to become selfish. We're going to do what we want to do. Why? Because Blair's not going to be around. We're just going to skip Christmas. They had lost the sight of what really matters the most at Christmas. They had, and that's the theme of the movie. So you've got to get this. Change can cause you to miss the point of Christmas. The change that you might be going through and anticipating or feeling, it, it wants to cause you to miss the point of Christmas. Maybe some of you can relate. I think all of us have probably said this at least once this year. Have you found yourself saying, man, I just wish 2020 was over, right? I mean, I was talking to my neighbor the other day, and he's just like, I just wish 2020 was over. Some of you were like, man, can we just skip 
the rest of 2020 and just move right into 2021. And I would say to that, if we did that, we would miss Christmas. We would skip Christmas. You may feel like skipping Christmas because of the changes. And it's often, and it's easy, it's an easy thing to do when we should be focused on the thing that we are most anticipating and wanting to celebrate. The most important thing about Christmas is Jesus. Jesus. See, Christmas wasn't created by Wall Street or big business or by a marketing firm. No, Christmas was created and designed by a God who sent his son Jesus as a vir- at a virgin birth to be the savior of the world. But so many times we get caught up in, man, this is how I feel, this change that is going on, and, and you want to miss what's the most important thing this season. What I've found in my own life is the things that I often want to skip are the things that I often need the most. So in this season, like every season, you and I, we need Jesus. But maybe today you're not dealing with change. Nate, you're like, man, there's nothing that's changed too much in, in our year, and so we're probably just going to do Christmas as usual. Then maybe you're dealing with maybe something else. There's something else that maybe wants to make you miss the point of Christmas. It's called familiarity. This is what happened at the very first Christmas in Matthew chapter 2. The, the people that knew all about the Christmas stories, the ones that had studied the Christmas stories, the religious leaders and teachers, they knew where Christmas was supposed to happen. But they missed the point. They got too busy and they missed Christmas. Let's take a look at scripture found in Matthew chapter 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About the same time, the wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this and and was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the, lead, of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For the ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people in Israel. There's this, I'm sure all of us have heard this story, but I'm not sure we totally get the implications of what's really going on. If you've been around the church at all, you've heard this Christmas story read before, and you're going, okay, yeah, I've heard it. But here's what's really going on. You have these religious leaders who know everything. They've heard about the shepherds. They've heard about the, the wise men, the magi. They've heard about the star. They, they've heard about the, the, the prophets and the prophecies of this Messiah, God with us, Jesus being born in a manger. They've heard it all, but yet there are no records of those people showing up to the site of where Jesus is born. And some of you are like, well, Nate, maybe they just didn't want to travel. Maybe they're like me. I don't like to travel. Well, let me just tell you this. From Jerusalem to Bethlehem, Bethlehem's only seven, or excuse me, only five miles south of Jerusalem. So to travel five miles would have been no big deal. Some of you are athletes. Some of you walk five miles every day. Some of you may run, uh, uh, you know, five miles a couple times a week. For them, it would have been no big deal to travel. They can stand up on the cliff of the hill, and they can look over, and they can see Bethlehem right there. They can see the smoke billowing in the air from the the cooking fires. At night, they could look down over Bethlehem, and they could see the flickering lights of the fire in Bethlehem. It was right there, but they missed the point. But then you have these wise men. You have these magi that are traveling. Some some stories said that they traveled over 400 miles 
These people don't know anything about Jesus. They haven't read anything. They're astrologers. They don't even believe in Judaism. They don't even believe in a Messiah. But yet, yet they caught the awe and the wonder. And they're following a star across the sky that leads them to Jerusalem and then leads them to Bethlehem. This pack of wise men who are bearing gold, frankincense, and myrrh have caught the awe and the wonder of a Messiah to be born. It must have been unfamiliar to see a group of, of, of wise men traveling and coming through because it's, it's so much, it piques the interest of King Herod. King Herod's like, who's this king? What are you talking about? Well, you got all this gifts and you're showing up at, in my place and there's a king being born in the city next to me? Are you kidding me? This is my territory. It piques the interest of him and it causes fear inside of his heart that he goes, I'm issuing a decree. I need you guys to go out in and around Bethlehem, and I need you to kill all the young boys two years old and younger. The people that you would have thought would have been there, the religious leaders and teachers, everything was too familiar. Ah, we've heard that. I know everything about that. Yeah, it's going on. No big deal. And it raises the question, I think, for us, is it true of you and I? Have, have we heard the Christmas story so much that it's so familiar to us that it's lost its awe and wonder? I think for me, there's moments where I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard that story before. Oh, I, I've read that before. Have we missed the point of Christmas that Jesus came in a lowly manger, a sinless sacrifice, a human being that would pay the ultimate price for you and for me from our sins so that we can spend eternity with God. Have we made it too familiar? Have we made it too familiar? Today, maybe, maybe you're not dealing with change. And maybe you're like, Nate, no, no, the Christmas story, I'm, I'm new to the faith. This is the first time I'm hearing this, or I've only heard it a couple times, and it's not too familiar to me. Another thing that can cause us to miss the point of Christmas is being consumed with ourselves. This is the whole thing that's going on in the movie with Luther Crank. He's so consumed with himself that he's missing the point of Christmas. If you haven't seen the movie, then you've you got to hear what happens. He stiffs the Boy Scouts. In the movie, the Boy Scouts show up to, the, you know, show up to his door, and they have this blue spruce. Somebody corrected me in the first service. said, Nate, it's a blue spruce. Okay, so it's a blue spruce. And the Boy Scout leaders and the Boy Scouts are like, Mr. Crank, we brought you your blue spruce tree that you bought every year. And he goes, not today. The police officers, they're coming by. They're doing their annual Christmas calendar fundraising. Mr. Crank, we're here. We know that you buy a calendar every year. And he goes, not today. Not this year. There's Frosty the snowman that everybody in the whole neighborhood takes their Frosty out of their basement and puts it up on the roof. The kids are in the point, if you watch the movie, the kids are prank calling, and every time Luther picks up the phone, they're yelling, free Frosty, free Frosty. Luther Crank, so consumed with himself, not this year. Another, another point in the, a part in the movie, he, he's feuding with a neighbor across the street, and the neighbor's cat and Luther do not get along, and so Luther sprays the cat and turns it into an icicle. And then he goes along and he proceeds and he sprays down the whole yard and turns it into an icy slipper, slip and slide so that the carolers can't get to his door to bring good tidings of good cheer. He even takes it one step further. So consumed with himself, he takes it to the extreme. Watch this clip. <laughs> 
Oh, man. So as funny as that scene is, I can totally relate. I've had conversations with my wife like that, minus the Botox. <laughs> but my wife, she used, to, she used to say to me, she's like, you are the Grinch of all holidays, not just Christmas. She would say, your, your heart is three sizes too small. And I used, to, I used to be like Luther. I used to have this heart that, like, I was the Grinch of all holidays. It was the 4th of July I was the Grinch of. I was the Grinch of, you know, Thanksgiving or, you know, Christmas or Valentine's Day. I just had this, this bad attitude. I was so consumed with myself that I was just all about me all the time. And as I was watching that scene this week, I thought, man, how dumb do I look? And how miserable must my wife be to have to put up with my selfish attitude? so consumed with myself. And you think I'm done? Oh no, I took it to an extreme, like Luther. So for the first two years that we lived in our house, we still live in it now, but the first two years my wife would say every year, hey babe, can we put up Christmas lights? I'm like, that is dumb. Why would I do that? I'm gonna have to pay for the electricity. I don't want to get up on the ladder. I don't want to do this. So this is what, what my scheme was. For the first two years I said, babe, I'm sorry, we cannot hang up Christmas lights. Our house was not built with electrical outlets on the outside of our house, which was a lie. <laughs> Later, I confessed my sin. She was faithful and just to forgive me. But I used to be that guy. And she would say, babe, can you put up the Christmas lights? It's something my dad used to do. It just makes the house feel like home. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. But I'm, I'm happy to say that my heart has changed. My heart has grown three sizes larger. This year, we were the first house on our block to have our Christmas lights up. Yeah! I, 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 now, I now can say that I love holidays. Like, I love the 4th of July where I used to be like, I don't want to go do that. I just want to go to the lake. I don't want to hang out with people. Somebody actually came up to me after first service and goes, dude. I know why you didn't come to my 4th of July party then. I was like, oh, my bad. We were joking. We're friends. But I used to be that guy like, dude, I don't want to do any of that stuff. Just leave me alone. I just want to do whatever I want to do. I was so consumed with myself. But now I, I love celebrating the holidays. I, holidays. I even said to my wife a month ago, I said, babe, I'm sad. She goes, why are you sad? I said, the holidays are coming. Christ Thanksgiving's coming. Christmas com is coming. It's going to go by so fast, and then I'm going to have to wait until next year for it to come back around. I, I love the holidays. I love the 4th of July even. Why? Because it's, it's not just me celebrating freedom, but it's celebrating freedom in Christ. I love celebrating Thanksgiving. It's not just not having a gratitude of thankfulness, or a gratitude or an attitude of gratefulness, but it's like, man, I can be thankful for all these things, but I also get to be thankful for Jesus. At Christmas, I can, be, I can celebrate Christmas, and it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive, so I love giving, but I'm also reminded of the Savior, Jesus Christ, and celebrating his birthday. I love celebrating holidays. My heart has been changed, and I'm thankful for it. But when you're consumed with yourself, you'll miss the point of everything. You'll ruin people's lives. You'll miss the point of everything. So you got to get the selfishness impedes the design of Christmas. Because the emphasis of Christmas and Scripture is on this. Others first. All throughout the gospel, all throughout the Bible, you see that we serve a God who is others first. For God so loved the world that he, he gave. He was a giver, others first. In scripture, you find this, love others, serve others, honor others, help others, share with others, encourage others, admonish others, 
restore others. If someone, if you're here today and you're so consumed with yourself, you hate all that. Why is it always others? But what about me? What about me? Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says this, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, but be humble. Think of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take on an interest in others too. Take on the interest of others. It's all about others first. I love the, the towards the final scene of this, of this movie, Christmas with the Cranks. It's a scene where Luther and Nora are planning and packing for their trip, and they get a phone call from Blair, their daughter. Blair calls and says, Mom and Dad, I'm coming home for Christmas. And they're going, oh, snap. Because <laughs> normally, every Christmas, they have a neighborhood Christmas party that all the neighbors come to. And all season long, Luther has been a jerk to every neighbor. But the neighborhood rallies around and says, despite Luther's bad attitude, we're going to do this for Blair. And they say, you know what? Who's making a turkey? Yep, we got one. Who's got decorations? Yeah. Who's got an extra frosty? The snowman. Yep, we got that. And they come together, and Luther's heart is changed to the point where he realizes, man, I have these, these cruise tickets that I can't even use because Blair is coming home. And he thinks about his neighbor that he's been feuding with across the street. His wife has cancer, and she may not get another chance. Take a moment and watch this scene. (laughs) What an awesome part of the movie. I love that part of the movie because this is what it proves to me. It gives me hope that even the hardest hearts can be changed. No matter what you're going through or how you feel, whether the scriptures are too familiar, the story of Jesus is too familiar, even you, God can touch you and soften your heart. As much pain that you might be feeling that's going on in your life at this Christmas with the changes that are going on, God can minister to you and give you hope as well. So here's a key point. Keeping your heart and mind on Jesus and others will keep you from missing the point of Christmas. Keeping your heart and your mind on Jesus first and foremost, as well as keeping your mind on others, giving, serving others first, when I think of someone in the, in the, in the Bible, uh, a character in the Christmas story that I, that I can see that has, you know, come up against this opportunity and has adapted to change, and this idea of putting others first, I think of Mary. I, I love the story of, of Mary where she is, she's brought up against an opportunity where she can say yes or no. There's change that is coming her way. And she says yes to something. She's always thinking others first. You have, to get, you have to understand that Mary would have known the scripture and would have read the book of Isaiah. So she would have known all about the virgin that shall conceive and give birth to a son. But I think about Mary. I wondered if Mary ever read that and goes, will that be me? Sometimes when we read scripture and when we look at different pieces of scripture, I wonder if we ever go, will that be me, Lord? And that's what's going on with Mary. Let's take a look at Mary's story in Luke chapter 1, verse 28. It says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly trembled or troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have been, but for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. 
the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. I want you just for a moment, I want, I want you to put yourself in Mary's shoes. Mary's probably thinking, this isn't what I had planned. Similar to maybe what's going on in your own life with the changes around Christmas. This isn't what I had planned. She was thinking, man, this changes everything. You might be thinking, man, this changes everything. She's going to think, man, what's everybody going to think about me? For you, you might be thinking, what's, what are people going to think about me? Think about us. She's probably, Mary's asking herself the question, I can't do this. Maybe you're feeling this emotion of like, I, I don't even want to go through with this Christmas. I can't do this. Mary is thinking, man, this is going to be tough. And you might be thinking, this is going to be tough. But I love Mary's response in Luke chapter 1, verse 34, the next verse. It says this, Mary asks the question, so you're saying it's going to be me? How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? Cliff notes, you have to know that Mary had heard about the birds and the bees. She had knew, she knows how this is supposed to work, how a baby is supposed to be conceived. She responds with, a, with a, asking a question, looking for a natural answer. And it just jumped out at me this week when I, was, when I was reading this. Some of you, the changes that are going on in your life, you're looking for a natural response. And what I'm here to tell you is that you don't serve a God of the natural, you serve a God of the supernatural. The God of the supernatural, the peace that you need, it may not come in a physical, natural response, but God, God can give you the peace that you need supernaturally to minister to exactly what you need to your situation. If you need restoration in your marriage, it may not be a natural, oh, you need to go see a counselor, but it's God, the counselor, the almighty God, the counselor wants to come in and intervene and change and soften the heart of the loved one in your marriage. Don't be mistaken just looking for the natural like Mary was. I get it. She's, well, how can this be? I'm, I'm a virgin. This isn't going to work. Today, if you've got a hard heart towards God, and what the scriptures become too familiar to you, you need to touch from the Lord God Almighty supernaturally. It's not something that you can do on your own. This isn't something that you can manufacture. i got to give myself an awe and wonder of the Christmas season. You can't do it, but God can. And I've been asked, Nate, how did your heart change? Psalm 51.10, God created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God, give me a new heart. That had to be my prayer. I'm ruining my wife's mar or our marriage with my wife. My wife's like ticked off. We don't have any Christmas lights up. She can't enjoy the season. All because I'm consumed with myself. And I get to the point where Luther and Nora, I'm tired of having these conversations. I'm like, just leave me alone. And finally, I'm just like, okay, Lord, fix me. God created me a clean heart. Give me a new heart. Give me a new spirit. Show me what this, this season is all about. Despite how I feel about the change or familiarity, being consumed with myself today, all of us can come to the almighty living God, Emmanuel, God with us today, and he wants to do something supernatural in our hearts Continue. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I love this. Verse 37, you've got to get this. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. 
If God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Nothing is impossible with God, amen? Nothing is. It will not fail. If he said it, it's going to happen. Mary responded, all right, I believe that. If that's so, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. But today, you got to say yes to God. God, you can use me. God has has created you, and he will sustain you through the challenges that you feel as you move into this Christmas season. If you just look at your circumstances in the natural, you'll be like, this is overwhelming, this is too hard, this is too difficult. But God is your sustainer. God is faithful. His love and his peace will sustain you if you'll come to him, but you've got to be like Mary and say, yes, Lord, I am your servant. Do with me as you said. Transform me and change me today. Today, would you stand with me as we pray today? God, today my heart desires that we would not let the changes in this year cause us to miss the point of Christmas. God, may we be focused on you, Jesus. God, let our hearts and minds be focused on you. May we not get so familiar with the Christmas story. So, Lord Jesus, would you soften our hearts? Would you create in us a new heart, God? Creating a, create a new spirit with inside of us. One that loves you first and foremost and that puts others first. God, may we not be so consumed with ourselves that we miss the point of Christmas. God, I know you're faithful and you're loving and you're kind. And so you're drawing people today at all of our campuses to you. So Lord Jesus, would you do what only you can do? Supernaturally, change the heart. Make it new. Change the way that we think. God, may we lean into you today as we worship. May we press into you today. God, we love you. We worship you. We seek you, and we need you. All God's people said, amen. Let's worship.